Welcome to In the Isles, the podcast that defecates film and TV recommendations into your ear buckets on a weekly basis. I'm James Rothwell. I'm Don Acton. And just so you know, we're not easily offending, that's in relation to our main review today. If you've seen the film, you'll get the joke. James, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. I have been to McDonald's since you mentioned McDonald's last week, but apart from that, I'm okay. So you didn't receive the same horrific customer service that I did? Oh, it was the same, same, right. same. Okay. Um, have you noticed this week, James, on our Instagram, we've had some interest to advertise the podcast and us subsequently advertise a product. It's called Smooth My Balls. Now, instantly, I was very dismissive of this, but I looked them up and they had 470,000 followers, which piqued my interest. I don't know whether we should be ambassadors for a men's grooming product of this nature. I don't think it's the route I want to go down, but let's open it up for debate. Is this something we should even entertain? Is it even legit? I don't think we should entertain it. They use tennis balls as their like, image to represent balls. Like That's their <laughs> branding, tennis balls. So there's confusion there straight away, having a sports image as part of your health product. It's a, it's a health product in a way. Is it legit? If you search Instagram for Smooth My Balls, you'll see a number of bot accounts. Smooth My Balls with the underscore between the T and the H. SMB1329 or smooth my balls with underscores in between the three words, all with variations of the same profile picture and one post, which is the tennis balls, which is on the website. I'm not convinced. 12 posts, 400,000 followers. I mean, I'm sure the product is real, but I just don't like don't like it. Okay, I'll, I'll go with your steer on this, but if I hear another podcast in the next 12 months and they advertise this product and they're making money in the thousands i'm going to hold you accountable were they suggesting in this message that we we promote each other yes right well where's all the other stuff that they're promoting on this instagram page that only has 12 posts on it i don't, I don't work for them i've no idea i just need somebody to blame if this blows back in our faces so it's going to be you okay anyway james what have you been watching this week i've watched fatma on netflix no it's not the latest wyan brothers film that's fatma <laughs> this is fatma a turkish drama on netflix Fatma is a cleaner who desperately wants to know where her husband is he got out of prison and he's disappeared Fatma becomes an accidental serial killer. In episode one, she discharges a firearm and someone dies of their wounds. By episode two, she shocks herself with her ability to opportunistically kill a horrible man that's threatening to ruin her life, and it escalates from there. By episode three, I was saying, kill him, Fatma, do it. Stab him, he's asking for it. I was rooting for her. This is all part of her investigation to find her husband and she ends up in the criminal underworld and you see a lot of flashbacks to past trauma and you learn about her son who died in a car crash. 
Fatma, played by Berku Birishik, who is a big deal in Turkey, is a great protagonist. She's invisible. She's just a cleaner. And no one suspects her of being the one on this rampage. She walks straight past police in some scenes right after killing someone. I was hooked. It got its hooks into me. It was addictive. Gets a bit overcomplicated towards the end, but I was very entertained to see this shy, unassuming woman ending up on this killing spree. Well, that sounds right up my alley. Um, I will give you an opportunity to correct yourself. What do you mean by just a cleaner, James? When did I say she's just a cleaner? Silence speaks volumes. Let's move on. What else have you been watching? She's just... I don't think I use those words, but... It'll come out in the edit. Right. I see. Right, yes. She's... Hmm. (laughs) I've I've purposely done that to just... It's I'm saying she's just... That's the way it's presented in the show. She is just a cleaner and she's ignored by other characters. She will walk straight up to someone and say hello and they'll ignore her. And people refer to her as just a cleaner. She's not done anything. Oh, who's that? Oh, she's just a cleaner. let 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 her pass. There's a lot of stuff like that. So her role as the cleaner plays into this idea that she's invisible and underestimated. Very good. Sorry for making you have to explain that because I don't think there was anything offensive in what you said. I just thought I'd make you think there was. James, what else have you been watching? The Mosquito Coast on Apple TV. I wanted to watch this so bad that I didn't bother. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it. I've only watched two episodes because it's releasing weekly. It's about an eccentric inventor and his family living off the grid. The police catch up to them and they flee to Mexico. It's based on a book that was also a film in 1986 starring Harrison Ford. Oh. I've not seen. Justin Theroux and Melissa George play the parents. I've not seen them in anything else. I don't know about you. I think if I'd seen them in other stuff, I'd like it more because I like watching people that I'm a fan of. But they are good in it. They're good. Justin Theroux's character is good because he is not that pleasant of a person, but he does have a point in some things that he says. He ends up inspiring slash radicalising his own family to follow him. There are speeches about our consumer society and how we're buying things that we don't need and throwing them away, which is odd to hear on an Apple TV production that I'm watching on an iPhone that Apple will tell me is not new anymore in a few months. If you liked Ozark and Breaking Bad, try it. It's definitely in that area. I think that's the audience it's aiming for. Sounds interesting. And I'm, I'm quite the fan of Melissa George. I don't think I've seen Justin through in much, so I might give it a go for that very reason. Anything else? I finished watching Invincible on Amazon Prime. It concluded recently. It is amazing. It is brilliant. I'm glad that I saw it all the way through. One of the best things I've seen this year. Wow. It's got ridiculously high ratings on IMDb. It's like 9.4 or something. 
It's good. It is good. That might have finally convinced me because I've heard nothing but good things apart from people having a problem with the animation. But apparently the last episode's quite big budget in comparison. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that's true. Yes. There is some genuinely shocking gore and violence in the final episode. Okay. Sold. The, the Amazon Prime put on YouTube. What? Why? And it's got people's intestines like flying all over the, all over the place. All and right. it's a pretty climactic, spoiler-filled fight in the final episode, and Amazon put it on YouTube. Idiots. That's why Netflix rules the roost. Daniel, what have you been watching? Let's talk about something that only came out a week ago, which, unless you caught it at the time, you now can't watch it. It's Viewpoint on ITV. This was a full week TV event with an episode airing every day of the week, Monday through to Friday. And I, like many other people, I don't tend to watch a lot of actual TV these days, you know, as in letting TV dictate my life based on its schedule. So for me, the idea of this felt quite novel, and I thought, I'm going to climb aboard this train, however, still resorted to streaming services to consume it. So I watched it on my timeline. So I was half on board. But they didn't air the final episode. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Many people in the UK and internationally now will be aware that Noel Clark, who is the star of this show, he's now the subject of an ongoing sexual harassment scandal and more and more victims are coming out on a daily basis. So because of that, ITV decided we're not going to air the final episode. As for the show, it's a rear window-esque thriller about a guy played by Noel Clark, who is posted to carry out surveillance on the prime suspect in a woman's disappearance. Scandal aside, I enjoyed it. It's nothing you haven't seen before, but exploring this idea of spying on your neighbours definitely got its claws into me. There's a shocking conclusion at the end that made it all worthwhile. It is an effective thriller that will unfortunately be remembered for all the wrong reasons. I'm disappointed in Noel Clark, if all is to be believed, because it is alleged, because I was quite a fan of his early work. I really enjoyed Kidulthood. And it's disappointing because I think he's somebody that a lot of people have looked up to over the years. So we'll see what comes of that. But I just wanted your impressions on this decision. So I understand why they've done it. If you remove the innocent until proven guilty theory. But what about all the people who aren't that tech savvy? They've just not had the opportunity to finish this show, and I don't feel like that's fair or right. They played four hours of the time into this. So you can watch the final episode online? Yes, on ITV on IT- Hub only. Right. That's weird that they haven't aired it, but they've left the content on their streaming platform. Is it a one-man show? Is he the only one in it? No, no, no. There's other actresses, uh, actors in there, like Alexander Roach, who's very good in it. But it's unfair on them in a way. Completely agreed. But it just feels strange to do this to people who only have an aerial in the TV and no internet. I don't, I don't think that's right. But there you go. And it is gone now, forever apparently. So they had they heard it until Sunday. Sorry. You could stream it until Sunday. It's gone now. Oh, so it, so it went eventually. Right, okay. So it's not still there, I see. No. What else have you been watching? Just a really quick one, because 
by the time this episode is released, most people will have thankfully forgotten about this and for good reason. Line of Duty. This is in contrast to TV show that did air its final episode, but I really wish it hadn't. It was the most disappointed I've been in quite some time, and I don't think I'm alone in that. Up until the last episode, this flagship BBC show was further cementing itself as the best thing on television. It maintained that suspense and bringing down bent carpers, terrible again, near enough all the way through to the finish line, but then it dropped the ball spectacularly. We've all been waiting to discover the identity of H. And once it's all said and done, <sighs> that that sound says it all, really. The BBC ruined my bank holiday along with 14 other million viewers in one fell swoop. I still wouldn't discourage people from plowing the time into it because it doesn't ruin what came before it. Some of the stories are quite self-contained, although really not, but if you ignore what happens in the last episode, whatever. Yeah. Very disappointing. So much so that Game of Thrones, I don't know if you heard, started trending very quickly after this because there was like this allegiance between fans at the shared disappointment. But yeah, there you go. I did consider watching only the final episode to ride the hype, but I didn't bother. You'd pick the worst of a great bunch if you did that. Don't, don't do that to yourself. So the other bent copper... The woman. Yeah. Did she get found out and then she she wasn't the main story anymore? Oh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the setup for every season. There's always somebody bent in there, but there's always someone further up in the echelons of the establishment that is more bent. Well, they're equally bent, but you know bent, what I'm saying. Bent, of course, being slang for corrupt. Yes. Sorry, that is very important. Okay, well... It can't be as bad as Game of Thrones, surely. Game of Thrones was universally hated. Its entire eighth season was universally hated. Line of Duty, it seems like the final episode, has divided fans. Or is it universally hated, would you say? I've not spoken to a single person who even said, it weren't that bad. They've all been like, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And, you know, the biggest joke, I don't want to carry this on for longer than is necessary, but me and a few other people were told, oh, it's an hour and a half extravaganza, at half an hour extra added on to the end. Further enjoyment. Guess what? No, it wasn't. It was an hour long. So it gets to the hour mark and you're thinking, oh, all right, yeah, it's, it's all right, it's all right, ends. I was like, hang on, what, what, where's this other half hour that we were promised? Just, oh, can we stop now? I'm getting a bit... A bit worked up. Yeah, that's fine. What else have you been watching? Last one, and by far the best. The Innocent on Netflix. We've reviewed quite a number of Harlan Coben's previous works. This guy has signed a 14-book deal with Netflix. They're just going to spit out content every year, and they've been doing it in different countries, like the first two, The Stranger and... Safe, we're in the UK. The Woods was Polish. Innocent is Spanish. So it's quite interesting, this, at least the expanding this book series into different territories. I, I like what they're trying to do here. They've all been quite strong. And this is the latest addition to the Coburn catalogue, as I'll call it. And it was bloody brilliant. 
it's about a bloke who accidentally kills a man in a bar fight. He serves his prison sentence and then he finds himself in the middle of a potential conspiracy and it then veers off into many weird and wonderful places after that. I don't want to give too much away, but it's full on bonkers in all the right ways. Where it starts off to where it ends is insane. It really is. It's a lot more rich than the other Harlan Corbin joints because there's just much more to it. You've got murder, kidnap, gangsters, strip clubs, mass orgies, people's heads being smashed in, and I mean proper smashed in. You name it, it's in this series. There isn't an avenue left unexplored. With all that, I've got to say, I wouldn't call it subtle by any stretch of the imagination, and it is very violent, especially some of the violence towards women is brutal. But it doesn't feel completely exploitative nonsense. There's a sake for it. It's very densely plotted as a show, so there's there's a lot of plot to unpack. The storytelling, too, it's a bit unconventional, but, again, in a good way. So in the first episode, you see all the main players. It sets up the story. Then it leaves us with a cliffhanger. Second episode, it completely focuses on a different story and different characters. You have no idea how it relates back to the first episode, and then it all comes together in the final shot, the second episode. It does feel like a greatest hits of all other crime dramas mixed together, and it shouldn't really work, but it does. The drama's laid on really thick. Some of it could be seen as quite over the top and campy, and I can understand somebody watching it and getting plot twist fatigue. But this is TV catnip for me. I rinsed all eight hours of it in a day. It was an absolute delight. Eight hours in a single day? Yeah. Couldn't stop myself. I was intrigued by this as well. I'm going to have to go for it. I'm going to have to go for it. If you're recommending it that hard. I don't... I would be interested to what you think of it. I think you'd be far more critical. But I think I still think secretly you would enjoy the hell out of it it's your genre isn't it it is it is and i do feel like all of this characteristically for me has been crime related so as a counterbalance james i watched why you like this i fully agree with what you said it's really enjoyable and i think people should give it a go Um, very good yeah thank you well don't i'm saying thank you (laughs) so this i want to clarify something about the the colbin verse does he write books in English and then Netflix adapt them into whatever language they choose? Yes, basically, that's my understanding of it. But he's got quite right. a history of doing this. He There's a French film called Tell No One. I used to bang on about it back in the day from 2006. It's brilliant. Um, so he's done this before where they've been adapted into different languages. But I think he's seen that's works for him and he wants to carry it on with Netflix. Okay. The Innocent. On Netflix. From Netflix to Net News, because we read news on the internet. <laughs> it's the real thing. It is now real, real news, news. A few episodes ago, we did underrated films of the 2010s. One of your choices was. The Perfect Host, starring David Hyde Pierce. Oh, and look at this. Looper.com has done an article about the crime thriller flop getting a second chance on Amazon. It's The Perfect Host. They've stolen our content. 
the mother? Why? What? What? I, what? <laughs> They've done an article about the. They do articles like this a lot. Looper, to be fair, it's just it's just content to drive ad revenue. But they've said that it's an underrated crime thriller with layered plot twists. And it at first seems like a story about a criminal, but it takes many unexpected turns and it's fun and it's a wild ride. So that's vindication for you. Looper.com have done an article about the perfect host. So good for you. There you go. So if you've listened to me before and been disappointed by my recommendations, this one won't solely be on me. Revisiting things from previous episodes, we also said on our Godzilla versus Kong episode, or you asked me, should I say, am I interested in the MonsterVerse? To which my answer was no, not really, after that film, or before. But guess what? They're continuing it because there's news that Adam Wingard the director of Godzilla vs. Kong, is in talks to direct another MonsterVerse film. No scripts yet, but the working title is Son of Kong. So bet they're regretting not putting that mid-credit sequence of him having sex with another ape in there to explain away where this is coming from. Like I said, I'm not interested, but judging by box office figures, plenty of people are. What are your thoughts on this? I'm intrigued. Intrigued. Be overstating it to say I'm excited. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. We'll see. So it can be. That news I just slotted in there because it randomly leads on to two other tidbits because Wingard won't be doing this anytime soon because he's got a Thundercats film and a face off sequel, which I'm far more interested in than Son of Kong. I'm interested in both of those, definitely. Funny you should bring up Thundercats, because for no reason at all, a few days ago, I was watching the videos of the opening theme song for the cartoon. One of the best cartoon theme songs of all time. Agreed. I remember. Skip that. It's relevant. Don't matter. Not interesting. (laughs) And face off. I want to take his face off very quotable film a sequel will it have the original actors in they are i believe confirmed yes they'll agree to swap i don't oh i think well maybe one of them did they've agreed they they've um reunited to swap faces one more time (laughs) to bring down an evil crime syndicate no I, i am excited for that it's been years since i've seen face off as well i might revisit that soon from face off to cough, it's Nomadland. Hello, I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Call me sit back, this is a fact. We in the hours, here are some hours. Thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap again. This week's main review is Nomadland. <laughs> are one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I and they sometimes call you nomads. My mom said that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. 
Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badland Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's gonna come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart, I'll see you again. Nomadland, a film without a gnome or a home in sight. But who said being homeless can't be fun? Director Chloe Sahau sets out to prove quite the opposite in this zany road trip comedy, featuring a string of crazy van-dwelling characters, including Father Christmas himself. As our lead protagonist, Fern Francis McDormand, cements herself in the Oscar halls of fame by putting the meth into method as she proceeds to piss in fields and shit in buckets for real. All in the name of art. I think it's pronounced Zao. IMDb says a woman in her 60s who, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. James, what did you think of this best picture winner of 2021, Nomadland? This is based on a non-fiction book which I only found out after watching the film. It's a very interesting topic that I was keen to know more about. The trailer that you've just heard got me excited to see this film and then it won all the awards. So the scene was set for a classic. By the time it got to the end, I didn't realize that it had ended because I wasn't paying attention anymore. I had to rewind it to confirm that that was the end. There is no plot. Now, I understand that there are films that take a step back and have a series of happenings, but nothing happens. If you've seen the trailer, you have seen the film. Have a chat with some people, look at some scenery, have a shit, have a chat, look at some scenery, repeat. Two hours of that. It's episodic. Each episode gives you a nugget of information about nomad life, which is interesting but I'd rather have just read an article about it. I am not an American, and I think that's why I didn't connect with it. It's about the American experience, what America was, what it's become. Again, all good topics, but it didn't connect with me. It's similar to The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke in style. Follow someone around, handheld shots, bit of improvisation, very real situations, the main character has fallen on hard times. 
the key difference being that the wrestler is good. Frances McDormand is a legend, and she has both a wee and a poo in this film. Maybe next year's Oscar winner will do a scene where you actually see the poo coming out and it will be praised for its authenticity. She's good. She's a legend. I'm really happy for her. I'm going to let her finish her poo. But Carrie Mulligan had one of the best performances of all time. One of the best performances of all time. There are two good scenes. One is in the trailer where the old guy, who is not an actor, does the speech about, I never say goodbye. I say, I'll see you down the road. And I always do. It may be after years, but I always do. And the other scene is when the old woman does a speech about seeing the sparrows reflecting on the water and she felt like she was flying. It's a great scene. Now, one of those is in the trailer. So again, just watch the trailer. Daniel, what did you think of Nomadland? I'm shocked, James. We, we make a habit on this podcast. We don't always stick to it, but we don't tell each other what we were what we thought about the film before we record. So I, I wasn't thinking you were going to go that way, but there you go. I said it at the end of last week's episode. I didn't have any excitement for this. I might be remembering this wrong, but previous Oscar winning best pictures do sometimes feel like a bit of a chore to sit through. So I came into this slightly begrudgingly and I had my sights set on being the naysayer amongst a sea of glowing reviews and 230 plus awards that it's received. Aside from being aware of the hype about it, seeing the poster art and a one sentence plot description, I had no idea what this would be or in particular what people were raving about. I will report I'm neither the naysayer or the advocator of this film. I am somewhere in between. I do think I liked it a lot more than you though, by the sounds of it. I expected to be thoroughly bored throughout, but I don't think this was a slog of a film. It, it just wasn't for me. It is, as, as you've said, a film where not a lot happens, but the moment-to-moment stuff was interesting to me, and I did become invested and took real joy in experiencing and getting a glimpse into a way of life that is completely alien to me, unless you compare this to living in a camper van in Delamere Forest with an on-site fish and chip shop for a weekend, because I've done that. Same thing, right? I've, I've found the premise captivating enough for me to see it through its runtime, and it wasn't because I was obliged to do it for this podcast. It was because I actually wanted to. Wasn't expecting that. I feel as though I left the film with a deeper understanding of a community of people that I've been completely ignorant to, and I appreciate it for spotlighting that. But what really surprised me with the film was the, the tone and energy to it. So you've got a woman who has lost everything, a husband, a home, a town. And it should be really stressful, bleak and depressing. But there's no melodramatic scenes of Francis McDormand screaming at the sky or suffering a full on nervous breakdown. It's a lot more subtle than that. It's, I'd say it's emotionally reflective without being full on tragic if you know what i'm saying what you get instead is it's this quiet relaxing almost calming atmosphere to it that i found really peaceful and pleasant to watch from a filmmaking standpoint it's very minimalist and that 
fitted in for me with this nomad way of life. I thought it was commenting on that in a way. It lets the landscape <clears throat> that surrounds people do a lot of the talking. And what I did like about Chloe, you, you said I'm saying it wrong by saying Zahau, but that's what I've heard. So I'm going to say it and people can mock me. So I've said both now. It manages to capture moments that I'm, I'm not saying they're not well shot. I don't want to do a disservice there, but they're just everyday things that you can see yourself by just looking out your window or going for a walk at the right time of day, whether it's a sunset or a bird flying, whatever it is. It was like, because there's this absence of like industrial buildings, flashing lights, fancy outfits and so on, you're able to just feel free from distraction and soak it in, in terms of the nature around the characters. I ended up marvelling at the completely mundane because it wasn't mundane to me. It, it, it was beautiful and it's something that we're just so easy to forget a lot of the time. And I felt like the film did this in a lot better way than being really pretentious. Like, you know, the plastic bag scene from American Beauty. It's not that in your face. As for the acting, the performances felt really real and authentic and there's good reason for that which we'll come on to later upon finishing the film my initial reaction was this did not blow me away i thought it was very good not necessarily great but after i've let it sink in a bit more i feel like it's a far more assured and thematically clever film than i gave it credit for because it's actually stirred up questions in me about living and, and what things are truly important to me. And that's the sign of a good film for me. The thing is, I I see what you're saying with everything that you've said. Like, I don't even think that you're wrong. It just didn't connect with me. The two hours that I was watching it, it all just blew right past me and I wasn't into it at all. Even though it's thematically rich, and I'm definitely interested in the topic. I didn't, I didn't. I wasn't into it. It felt like it's all very real and there's non-professional actors in it and there's some people in it playing themselves. So having Francis McDormand in there was almost intrusive. Like, if you're going to do a documentary, do a documentary. If you're going to do a film about it, do a film about it. Don't do a documentary with Francis McDormand walking around in every scene, trying to do something to make something happen. I couldn't quite shake that. I made the exact same observation, if I'm honest. I, it did feel to me that this would have worked be better. Either like you said, as a documentary, I wasn't quite thinking down that path, but more just use an unknown actor because she, she blends in well. And the performance is very good, but I, you've hit the nail on the head there by saying intrusive. And there's more stuff on that, which I want to talk about in spoilers, because um, I think it truly is intrusive and a bit calculated and manipulative. But anyway, there you go. I'm, I'm teasing. So you listen to the end. Um, I was going to suggest not bothering with spoilers because nothing happens, but yeah, we can do spoilers <laughs> if you want. Um, do you know why I think this worked for me and not for you, perhaps? And this is presumptuous. So I was expecting this really heavy 
emotionally draining film. And I'm very rarely in the mood for that. And because it was so easy to take in, because it wasn't that at all, I think that's why I surprisingly enjoyed it when I wasn't expecting to, because it's just not what I would normally associate with a Best Picture winner. Were you expecting that a bit more? I think I was expecting that a bit more, and despite complaints about other films, I think I was expecting it to put the message across a bit more. It was in there. You know, it's it's set after the Great Recession and she works at Amazon as a seasonal worker. But I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't hit with me. I think if this was a film made by the Nomads filming themselves acting in a half documentary, half home video, half them actually telling the story, and it was released to festivals and it blew up to major reviews that would be something to watch i think mm. but what it is is legendary actress Frances mcdormand inserting herself into this world and now it's an oscar front runner it's one of the best films ever made i'm, I'm just not having it no and it it's obviously resonated with me far more than it has you, but I don't think this is among the greatest of the great. I just thought it was it was quite good and I enjoyed it. I don't think it's worthy of all these accolades. It's just not. Did you know I, you know, take this with a pinch of salt because they're not always correct, but I've not read anything else about this film other than the IMDb trivia page after I watched it. And did you know that the character of Linda May was originally the protagonist? She is a real-life nomad, and they switched that up last Which one was she? She is the... You know her good friend in it with glasses? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be her. And if if it had been that way around, I think I would have been sold a lot more on it. Man, you. Maybe not with a forced fictional narrative. I don't know. Well, there was no narrative anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about my love next week which is about very old couples that have been together for 60 years in each episode features on a different couple and it's in a different country each time and each episode is them pottering about it's people pottering about the farm the home they have some dinner have an anniversary party i loved that so i'm not completely against things that is slow paced and easy watching mm. but i hated this film did you actually hate it that that bad? I got the feeling you were negative on it, but wow. I was annoyed after I watched it, and I said to someone, I, I text someone saying, "I've watched, I've watched Nomadland. Do not watch it, because I know you've got Disney Plus. Don't watch it." Daniel, would you recommend Nomadland? I've surprised myself. Yes, I would. James, I don't know why I'm asking. Do you recommend Nomadland? No. In fact, you'd actively discourage it, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I already have, yeah, to someone else. Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, right, I didn't hate oh, Okay, I didn't hate it because there were those two good scenes in it, right? And I, I support it thematically for what 
it is. And there's that link to Mosquito Coast from earlier in the episode. There's a really good speech in Mosquito Coast when he's looking at some homeless people and he says, these people are no longer consumers. And when they stop being consumers, they get thrown away by society. And that's what's happening here, isn't it? These are people that didn't work anymore. They couldn't buy anything anymore. They stopped being consumers and they've been tossed aside and now they're floating around. That's brilliant. I love the idea of that as a film, but none of that came across for me. I do, I do get it. I do get where you're coming from. I am quite interested to do some digging after we've done this now and find out what everyone actually is raving about because it might be I've interpreted it completely wrong, but I thought the the end message of this film is quite blurry. I don't really know how we're supposed to feel, but I thought, hang on a minute, you're almost like elevating the whole theme of this film by making me feel like that because she's lost in this way. And I was a bit torn thinking... I know there's a sadness to what's happened to her, but there's a lot of there's a lot of joy and life in in how she lives, like and the people she comes across. And I was a bit actually thinking, am I am I a bit in awe about how you live? Do I really want to root for you to? Because she's not forced wholeheartedly to live this way. She has options. But she decides, no, this is this is what I want to do. And there's a hell of a lot of other people who also choose the same thing, despite the fact that I'm sure some of them don't have means to live another way, but others do, and they just prefer this way of life. And I thought, it's nice for me to not really know <laughs> whether you're saying feel sorry for her or you don't need to feel sorry for her. She's living a life that she's happy with. I quite liked that lost feeling that I was left with. Yeah, that's right. And it, it goes through right to the end, I think, where does she go back to her house at the end? Yeah. Yeah. And she goes back and it's empty and then she walks away. And it is it is it her it's kind of leaving it behind? I don't need it anymore. It's this triumph or is it, oh, she's got nothing. This is bad. There's nothing out there. I, I, that was good. It doesn't It doesn't say this is not a life worth living, but it doesn't say... What a great community. It's non-stop fun either. It does balance it in a really respectful and delicate way. Mm. And it, it did that really, really well. You got that sense of the community. Hated it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Another quick shout out, because I don't think enough films have this. There was not a dickhead in sight in this film. And that was so refreshing. Like, no one was a horrible human being. I just thought, this is nice. I think that's why I enjoyed it. I just thought, this is just so easy for me to take in. There's no conflicts. There's no argument. I mean, don't get me wrong. We know what I tend to lean towards, and it's it's murdering people. But this was maybe a nice change of pace for me. Yeah. Capitalism is the dickhead in the film. (laughs) That's true, actually. Do you know what? I've literally mentioned anything and everything that I wanted to bring up, so I don't think we do need to do spoilers after all, James, because as you say, nothing happens. Yeah. You mentioned it last week about 
basically us being indoctrinated into how we should feel about things because we've had the media mill and the hype train for months and months and months and we haven't been able to watch this, but yet we know a lot about it. I purposely like was like, I'm not getting involved. Mainly because I didn't actually care about this film. But did you have a good idea of what you were getting before you went into this and what to expect and it just didn't live up to those expectations? I think so, yeah, I think so. I was well up for a film that was going to say society is collapsing and this is the refuge from the world that we've created and shame on all of us. And you can get there, I think, from this film, but that's not really what it's about, is it? No. But it's not just that. It's not just because I had different expectations. Everything else that I've said about how it is boring for me Hmm. was also the problem. I do get that. I do get that. I mentioned I'd bring this up before. So you hinted towards a lot of the people are real-life nomads who act in this film. Another fact that I found out off IMDb trivia. The Father Christmas-looking dude... Got his name, Bob. I think it is Bob Wells. So he has quite an emotional scene with Francis McDormand. She reveals her past trauma. He reveals his. His is real. Hers is fake. Apparently, he didn't know she was an actress. And he said to her after her, Thank you very much for sharing that with me. And she had to say who she is. That's all I know about that. If I'd have been him in that situation, I would have been like, you a bitch. You you conniving bitch. I would not be happy with that. He's bared his soul under the pretense that they're having an authentic conversation. And that, that does feel intrusive, as you pointed out before. I don't think that's right. If that's true, that's disgusting, I think. Yeah. I think that's really dirty. That's... <laughs> Not that that is not cool. Yeah, I mean, he is very good in that scene, but if he's just being him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awkward. It's awkward. I did think during that scene, if he's, I knew that he's playing himself. He is the the influential figure in real life that is in the film, and I thought, have they given him a scene to do here? Because if they have, he's really good. Mm. So to find that out, I'm not keen on that. I'm not keen on that. No. Speaking of misleading people, Amazon come across very well in this, don't they? Yeah, they do. And I think they come across well because if they didn't, they wouldn't have had permission to film them. When it showed her walking into Amazon, I thought, how have they got permission for this? And I think they have because there's nothing controversial or interesting that happens in those scenes. It's her at work being happy, doing safety training. We've done a trilogy of Oscar Best Picture nominees, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Nomadland, and we've previously reviewed Trial of the Chicago 7 and Mank. We've not watched three, but we'll just pretend they don't exist. Out of those five, what was your favourite? What's your best picture? Or what should have won Best Picture? From an enjoyment point of view, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that. James, what about you? 
I agree. Promising young woman was the best. It is it is special. It does stick with you. I watched it one and a half times in, in, in two days. Because I watched the second half again. And Emerald Fennell should have won Best Director as well, I think. Yeah, a lot of skill in that for a first-time director. Should have honoured yeah. it. Highly skilled, visually, tonally. The acting's there. The balance that's there. It's so good. There's a few contenders for next week's episode. We're not settled on any of them for our main review, one of which is The Woman in the Window. Or we could be reviewing the new Michael P. Jordan film, Without Remorse. Or it could be something else entirely. We'll leave you on that cliffhanger. See you next week. Bye.